Hey honeys, this is your host Marissa. Welcome to the Honey Health and Wellness Podcast. Get ready to unlock your full potential as I dive into all things health, wellness, spirituality, and self-development. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to episode 13 of the Honey Podcast, everybody. I'm really excited. I've got Kim Akrig on the podcast with me today. So welcome, Kim. Kim is a, yes, Kim is a hypnotherapist. She specializes in helping entrepreneurs increase their abundance and growth. um, And you also help them remove blockages that may be preventing them from reaching their goals. Um, So Kim, you're passionate about working holistically with the mind um, and with the body and all of that. And I think if, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what motivated you to start your psychology degree. And you're kind of in the midst of that. You're in the middle of that, aren't you? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Like, I feel like um, growing up, I definitely um, sort of experienced not a lot of like health issues, but I just found like every time you would go to like the doctor, they would just always be like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. We don't know. Or like, you're making it up. It's all in your head. And I got really frustrated because I dealt with like a lot of like mental health issues. Like I had like an eating disorder and like Mm -hmm. really bad anxiety, but I just felt like I never even wanted to share it with like medical professionals because I just didn't know how it was going to be received or yeah um and then like as I got older I sort of like ended up going on my own healing journey and like discovering like other ways that maybe are not so mainstream but actually gave me like such better results than um anything that had been like I guess traditionally offered yeah, amazing. I can definitely relate to that. I feel like um, it's usually the pivot point for so many people's wellness journeys. They kind of try go through that traditional, um, you know, normalized method of medical treatment. And um, yeah, there's just a little bit of soul um, lacking in that. And so yeah, I can definitely relate to that. That's super interesting. So is that how you got into hypnotherapy, essentially? Yeah, so it's really funny. Um, the kind of hypnotherapy I practice is called rapid transformational therapy. So it's like a mixed modality that was created for us up here, and it comes like hypnosis, NLP, psychotherapy, and oh my god, I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah. <laughs> like inner child work. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so many times you're like, what's the next Literally. thing? <laughs> it's like when you do like something like you know second nature every day, and then you're like, wait, now I have to think about it. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like a blended therapy, and I I heard about it on a podcast. I was like, oh, this sounds so interesting. And I was kind of at a point where I was like, I'm willing to give anything a try. And so yeah. um, like, long story short, like com- that one session, like completely transformed my life. And like after 2020, I was just like, more people need to know about this work. And so mm. I decided to go get trained in it. Amazing. I think what you're doing, especially focusing it on entrepreneurs is so unique um, and obviously really appealed to me as an entrepreneur. But I think obviously your work can be translated into so many other areas of people's lives. But I guess today I wanted to focus particularly on um, business, money, money manifestation, um, because, you know, at the beginning of the year, people are getting their stuff in order. Um, yeah. And I don't really know too much about it. I've recently just gotten into, um, you know, focusing, like, on manifesting money and stuff like that. But um, I really want to pick your brain about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, tell me what your interest was in working specifically with entrepreneurs because, yeah, I love that. It's awesome. 
Yeah. So um, before I did this, I was a photographer for 10 years. I used to work as a fashion photographer and then like a wedding photographer. And so like I was very familiar with like all the limitations and like blocks that like entrepreneurs kind of bump up against. And that's really Mm. what I used RTT on first. And I saw like the biggest shifts in my business. And I, I knew from like speaking to other entrepreneurs that we were all dealing with similar things. Like it's like just not believing in ourselves or like being scared to sell or like scared to show up online or like lacking that confidence in ourselves or like you were saying like blocks around money. And I just really was like, this is something that's so neat because it's like out there trying to like hustle. And this was definitely my experience too. I was like, if I just work harder, everything will work. But like you reach a point of burnout where you're like, I can't work any harder. So like something has to give. Yeah, that is so powerful. I I can imagine so many people resonate with that. And I do particularly as well, because you do get to a point where you're like, especially as a small business, um, there's only so much resources you have. There's only so much time you have because you're trying to juggle like so many different things. And I guess it comes down to um, those limiting beliefs that we hold around money. And, um, you know, so many of them are like those things that you'd heard from when you were a kid or what your parents said when they were a kid, like money doesn't grow on trees. Like the harder you work, the more money you get. Um, And these are all like constructs that are like not true. Like if we don't believe them to be true, right? Yeah, so, so, so powerful. And I think. what are some, I guess, what's your motivation behind working specifically with entrepreneurs and what are some of the main limiting beliefs that you find come up when you're working with entrepreneurs? Yeah, so I think the the really big draw card for me for working with entrepreneurs is like I truly just believe the world would be a better place if we had more people who are like lit up doing what they loved, like not in like a soul sucking job that they absolutely <laughs> like that they were literally that they were genuinely passionate about. And I feel like I'm very familiar with the entrepreneurial journey because I became a photographer at like 18 years old, started my business, had no idea what I was doing and was just figuring out along the way. So mm-hmm. in that process of like creating a business, I really bumped up against all the things that most entrepreneurs generally do like that fear of like promoting yourself or like that fear of like charging for things or like having to have strong boundaries or feeling worthy of like the projects or jobs that you have. So all of those, the limiting beliefs that I really saw the most were like one, believing you can do it because like, especially as like a creative or an artist, like the world has this whole like starving artist thing. So you're, you're kind of programmed already from the beginning to fail. Of course, that's Mm -hmm. not going to be everyone's story, but it's like even just one believing that you can be the kind of person who like does what they want in life. Like that's even an option for you. The next one is really feeling like worthy of what you're trying to achieve. Like, I feel like, in the online space, like there's this big buzz around like having like a 10k month or like getting to those 10k months. And it's like, you know, get there if you don't feel worthy of having that kind of money or feeling worthy or like qualified to be the kind of person that makes that. And then just really like believing that it's possible for you, because a lot of the times we will have like, we'll see other people doing something, but deep down, we won't believe that's possible for us. So yes, ends up being a blend of most of those things but it really shows up in like money and like being seen and like how you market yourself and I think everyone has a little bit of each one usually most of the time like for most yeah 
it's not comfortable, like charging for things or having strong boundaries around like your office hours. So it's definitely a very much like a personal development journey when you start a business. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much that goes into it. It's like one thing that you're working with the financial portion of it, like you want to have a profitable business, but then there's also um, a lot of internal growth that happens because they go hand in hand, which is exactly what you said. I think what I found really interesting in terms of um, the way people want to manifest money is what I've come to realize is that a lot of people may not be aware of their vibration around money. And I would love for you to touch on that because I think people will speak and they'll be like, you know, I really want money. Like I'm so, I so just, I need this money. I need this money. And it comes from a vibration of desperation and like begging for it. And it's like, if you switch that vibration to allowing and receiving and, um, and being someone who's like a receiver to that money instead of being desperate and begging for it, there's such a big um, vibrational shift in that. So I want to hear your thoughts on vibration and uh, vibration specifically around money. Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing when it comes to money is like, it's kind of twofold. Like one, it's like all the beliefs that you have maybe absorbed over your lifetime about money. Like you have to work really hard for it or it's hard to come by or like you always have just enough, but never too much. Like often our money patterns come from like our parents or our primary caregivers. So really looking mm-hmm. at like, what did you hear them saying about money or like, how do they spend it? Or like, how do they save it? Or do they save it? And so on and so forth. But the other thing that really comes into play is like how worthy you feel of like attracting in money. And I think a really good example of this is they did a study with like people who win the lottery and usually like three or four years down the line, those people are often like worse off or at the exact same starting point. And it's kind yeah. of like I, I like to think of it as like your your energetic minimums around money, like what feels comfortable for you to have. Like if someone even gives you like $50 million, if that doesn't feel comfortable to you and it feels super weird, the mind hates the unfamiliar. So it's going to do everything it can to get back to a spot where it feels comfortable because even if that's not necessarily what you want, your mind wants to feel safe in what's familiar because it knows what like it's familiar. It understands that even if that's not what you necessarily would want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that can be like translated into relationships that you have with people as well. Like if you're used to being treated in a poor way, even though consciously you're like, I want to be treated a certain way, your body's like, no, we're not comfortable with that. Like we're going to, yeah. So it's, I guess the same thing with money, which is what you're saying. Um, that's crazy. It is crazy to think it's like money really is just vibration. So it's just an energy currency that if you think, I feel like I try to think of it like that and it helps me to just release attachment to it being like this physical thing. You know, if you can think of it more of like, no, I'm going to draw it to me. Um, (laughs) what are your tips for how people can like firstly recognize core beliefs surrounding money Mm -hmm. and how can we recognize these poor beliefs what are some techniques that you do and then how can we work to slowly improve our um our vibration around money yeah well I think the biggest thing is self-awareness like start to understand like what are the stories that I have around money and some of the ways you can do this are like journaling like maybe just make a list of like what were your dad or your 
father figure or whatever, his spending habits, what were your mom's? Do you see any parallels in them? And then like, think of a number that you really want to make. And then like, what are the first thoughts that pop up around that number? Like, is it like, oh, like, I don't know how I would do that. Or like, where would that even come from? Or like, even if I had that, what if I wasn't happy? Like just those first things that start coming up. And this is a really good way to start digging into like, what are some of the beliefs you have around money? And then Mm -hmm. after that, like, on a conscious level, I think some of the things that you can start doing to change it is like being very conscious of your language, because your mind is always listening to what you're saying and basically trying to prove you right. So if you're constantly going around being like, I don't have enough money, I'm always broke, like, even if I make money, then it always disappears. Your mind is like, okay, that must be what's going on. And it'll just keep showing you evidence of that. But if you start changing Mm -hmm. it to even just being like, I'm so grateful for what I have, like, I have everything I need for today, like, it's one of those things around money is like money is technically like a human made up concept. So what we're really trying to get at is like a feeling of safety and security and freedom. So it's like, Mm -hmm. and start to tap into those feelings. I've always noticed that when I tap into that and act out of that place, money is just a natural byproduct of that. Because when you're feeling those like safety and security, you're kind of like in a place where you can make better decisions for yourself. And then it just kind of ripples outward. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, thinking of money essentially as, uh, as vibration. And then in, in saying that, like to be more specific, focus on the feeling that you want to feel as opposed to the number. And then I guess the more grateful you feel, the more freedom you feel, the more love you feel, the more these abundant, these abundant figures of money will come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I guess like on the, we can't really do it on here, but the next step is always like clearing out the subconscious beliefs that are stopping that from being your reality or your experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when the hypnotherapy kind of comes into play and you're able to clear those, those blockages in hypnotherapy. Yeah. Amazing. Um, in terms of, um, our, ideas of success I wanted to ask you how can we become more clear on what our vision of success is um, and then what practices that we can do in order to um, help with this because we were chatting before earlier and there are so many stories that are around um, certain job roles like if you want to be an artist if you want to be a writer if you want to be a creator Um, and you know the most ironic part about it is people that are living authentically and are creators and are artists they are so abundant with the money that they make as opposed to someone who's maybe just like an accountant that's like hating their life in a job like in office so Yeah. yeah what what can we do to become more clear in our visions of success it's so funny because like I feel like the answer was in the question because when you mentioned authenticity like the biggest thing for me is getting really clear on like, what are your values in life? Because if you make a decision based on your values, you'll always end up in a place that while it might not be comfortable, you'll feel good about what you did. So like a lot of the times when people are like, I want to be successful, your mind is like, I don't even know what that means. Like what is success? Or like, it really takes distilling, like, what is my success? Like, what would make me feel successful? Like, you can journal on this, like, writing down your ideal day. Like, this is an exercise I do quite frequently. Like, I'll write down my ideal day as if I'm, like, writing it in my journal as if it's already happened. And just really being like, 
how would I feel? Where would I wake up? What would that look like? What would I be doing? Who would I be doing it with? And then that can kind of guide you as into like, what's important for you. And there's a values assessment by John Demartini. If you Google it, you can find it pretty easily and it's free to do. And you're able to kind of distill like, what are your 10 values? And if you're ever like struggling around making a decision or you're not sure what to do, then like looking and being like, does this align with my values? Like, is this like a decision or like a direction that I'm going in that aligns with what's important to me. And while they might somewhat change a little bit over time, as you move through your life, generally they will stay pretty similar. Okay. So how can we become more clear on what our vision of success is? Success is and do you have any practices to help us with this? Because um, I think society sometimes can mold us into what the vision, the vision of success is, but success is individual. It's different to everybody. So what's your advice and tips on this? This is so good because it was funny, actually, this year in social psychology, we were doing some, um, like, just learning about, like, how do you decide, like, what you want to do for a career? Like, what sounds like a cool job to have? And it's often very influenced by, like, the people around you and what they think of that job. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this kind of goes a step further. And it's like, you have to be very, like, cautious of, not cautious, but, like, mindful of who is around you. And, like, do they believe in you and do they believe like what you want is possible because if you put yourself in rooms with people that believe what you want is possible you're far more likely to go and do it than if you're just constantly surrounded by people who are like oh why are you doing that or like how are you even going to make that work or like why would they hire you or so on and so forth um but the other thing I really think is most important is like knowing what your values are there's like a free values assessment from um John Demartini if you just google Uh. his name It should pop up and you can, he set up his website so you can fill it out every year to sort of just check in like, what are my top values? And if you make a decision in alignment with your values, while it might not always be easy, it will feel right. Like you won't have that conflict within yourself being like, oh, like I'm going to this job that I absolutely hate and like, I'd rather be doing something else, but I need to do this to make money or whatever, like sometimes you got to make money, but it's like, it has to be in service of you working towards what you really want. Otherwise it's ultimately unsustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And third fold, I would say like, I really enjoy like journaling on like my ideal day from the perspective of it already have happened, already Mm -hmm. having happened. Like I'll start from the beginning. Like, here's how I woke up. This is what my bedroom looks like. Here's who I'm with. And I'll just write like out my whole day and like more often than not like as I've done this exercise there will come a point where one day I wake up and I'm like oh my god I'm living that day so it's a really powerful exercise to just like let your mind run wild and be like if I could have anything in this day what would it look like what what would I be doing and that kind of is a great way of showing yourself like what's the lifestyle I want like how do I want to work who do I want to be around and these are all really great indicators of like you don't always have to know how it's going to happen but just show Showing your mind where you want to go is like a great first step. Yes. Oh my God. I'm going to start doing that. That is amazing. That's very empowering. Acting like writing as if it's already happened. And I think it's so powerful. It just, um, it's amazing that some people even struggle to let themselves imagine. Like I would be surprised and I'm not saying I'm on the outside of this. I've experienced this myself where you, go to write and your mind just quickly comes in and it's like no but that's not happening and it's like allow yourself to just be free like just whatever no one's gonna read it just 
you know, um, let your imagination run wild. I think that's like the first step. And yeah, it, it, it would be amazing to watch it all unfold because it does, it does happen. I guess your mind already thinks that it's happened, right? That's how it works. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Um, what would you say is your other tips on manifesting your dream life? So like we mentioned, values really need to be in place. And I'm really glad that you touched on that because it is unsustainable if you're not following your values. And I had someone use an analogy for me about um, working out, like working out, it's high, uh, like on my values list, but it's not high on someone else's values list. They're just going to be miserable while they're doing it. And then um, after a couple of months, they're going to be like, okay, I'm over this, like I'm done with it. So I think in terms of like thinking about our goals and wanting to reach our goals, um, what would you say are other core things that need to be in place in order for abundance to flow? Yeah, this is such a good question because it's kind of, it's really like, okay, deciding what you want and being like, okay, like, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And then sort of like, for me, my process is always like, okay, here's the thing. Here's what I want. And then as I start to work towards it, I'm like, what are patterns that are coming up for me that are making it difficult to go and do whatever I need to do to go and make this happening happen? Like, Mm -hmm. do I find that I'm procrastinating somewhere or do I find that like my like being anxious about something is getting in the way. And then like, I'll always do the subconscious work to be like, okay, like, let's work through this pattern. What's going on here? How can I like get my mind on board with what I want to create? And then after that, it's really just about like, for me, it's a combination of like, taking that daily aligned action where like, for me, it's so important to cultivate a relationship with like my intuition or my inner voice or whatever you want to call it. Because so often people are looking outwards of themselves for an answer of how to do something. And in reality, like even if two people do the same thing, they probably do it completely different ways. And like they have different ways of working that felt good to them. So when you start checking in with your intuition or your inner voice and getting that inner guidance of being like, okay, what's the next step that makes sense for me to do in accomplishing this thing? Like, is it hiring a mentor to do it? Is it putting myself in this particular situation? And I'll, I'll really just kind of work with it from there. But the whole time kind of working with this expectation, like this is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And I just have to keep trying different things until it does. Yeah, that's a really empowering way to think about things, which almost I'm jumping ahead, but it segues so beautifully in terms of people out there who are in the building phase of their business or not even in the building phase, like they have a well-established business um, and they're struggling to see the outcomes that they're after. It's a big you know, vision in their mind. How do you keep that faith, does that come down to just knowing your worth and trusting in the universe? Or what what do you what keeps you grounded in being like, no, I've set my intention for what I want to achieve and I know I'll achieve it? Yeah, this is such a good question because it really comes down to having like a strong why for why you're doing what you're doing. Because like in reality, to get things most other people don't have, you have to do things most people aren't willing to do. So like at the, sometimes like I feel with manifestation, people will try and be like, oh, you just think about it and it happens. And the reality is sometimes you do have to put hard work into things and that's just part of it. But like hard work with belief that the outcome is going to happen is a lot easier than like hard work without believing it. So I think this really comes down to like, if something is really challenging, I have to have like a really big why around why I'm doing it. Like, 
just with university as an example, it's like getting a psychology mm. never going to be easy and there's so many times while you're doing it where you're like why am I doing this but ultimately like my bigger intention behind it is like I want to help people and I never want people to have to suffer in the way that I did and I want to provide like a level of service and care that I feel like is sort of missing in the industry so like for me the big motivators as to why I want to do what I want to do. So I would think if people really want to do something and it's like big and it's challenging and they have no idea how they're going to accomplish it, they really need to do like the self-searching to figure out like, why do I ultimately want this? And like, is that why going to be big enough to carry me through? Yeah, absolutely. And I think people who, you know, start businesses with a focus just on money, um, Mm -hmm unless the business sphere and that is like your calling, like some people are really like, they've gone to business school, they're all numbers and figures and that's their calling. That's one thing. But if that's not really where your core values sit and you're going into creating your own business just to make money, I think it's like such a rude awakening. (laughs) It's like such a rude awakening. Yeah. Yeah, It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Or like people are like, I just want to work from home. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, what else are you going to provide for people? Because yeah. no one cares about it. Want. They care about what you can do for them ultimately at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think on more and more the market is is saturated, which is a great thing because people are obviously more and more people are creating businesses. But you know, in saying that there are a lot of options out there. So you need to be grounded in what you, like you said, in what you believe in and what you want to achieve. And you have to be a little bit unshakable in that. So that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, Self-worth is something that really keeps coming up. And I wanted to touch on how we can, how does self-worth affect our um, our relationships with money and how can we improve our self-worth? Um, I also want to demystify a couple, I want you to help me demystify a couple things around self-worth because I always feel like that term is thrown around so much, like self-worth, self-love, and it's like, oh, like, leave me. I don't know what you're talking about. So how do we recognize that we may be, you know, sabotaging ourselves? We may not be fully recognizing our self-worth and how can we fix that? Yeah, this is such a good question, because I guess if we sort of break down like the definition of what self-worth is, it kind of is like, how how much do you believe that you deserve the things that you're getting? But it was mm-hmm. really interesting, like this year at uni, they were talking about how like, overly high self-worth isn't necessarily a better thing than like, low self-worth because on the other end of the scale if you have too much self-worth then you risk being a narcissist you're kind of like it's all about me so it's like you want to be not in the middle of it but I think the other important thing to note is like self-compassion because you can never have too much self-compassion whereas you definitely can have too much self-worth but I think Mm -hmm. having a healthy relationship to self is like treating yourself kindly treating yourself with respect like showing up for opportunities knowing that you deserve to be there just as much as anyone else like knowing that while you might not be perfect you're gonna give it like a good shot and then also having like that grace and compassion for yourself when maybe things don't go the way that they are because it's like often we Brene Brown talks about this a lot where she's like shame is like where you believe that like you're bad whereas guilt is like you did a bad thing and I think with that relationship with self-worth it's like realizing that you deserve like 
to have good things in your life but also it's like you have to be kind of become the person that is like worthy of having those things and maybe that sounds kind of triggering for people but it's like if I think about maybe the version of myself, like at the beginning of my photography business, and I really wanted these really big clients, like I wasn't on the level yet of being worthy of those people, but I definitely could work towards and at the same time, like believe that one day it will be possible for me. It kind of almost more comes like valuing and respecting yourself and then like showing up in a way that treats yourself with respect and like believes in your best intent instead of like beating yourself up or belittling yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe, you know, for me, self-worth is something that came a little bit, it it wasn't the first thing that I started with on my journey. It's something that has come, you know, later on. And it comes, it came to me, so it came, it came to my mind that I needed to focus on my self-worth and leveling up my self-worth because it gets to a point where you're work- if you're working hard and then you're beating yourself up on top of it, you kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of had this aha moment where I'm like, okay, so I can work hard and believe in myself or I can work hard and tell myself that I'm shit. So it's like, yeah. what, what are we doing here? <laughs> and it kind of yeah. got to the point where I was like, yeah, like I'm going to back myself. Like I'm sick of looking for that external validation for people to say, yes, go, go ahead, do it. It's great. Because that's so fickle. It's like, if you've got yourself, then that's, I guess, where abundance can, um, it's a good bouncing off point to attract abundance into your life. So yeah, definitely. Cause it's like in relation to money, it's like, I often find that with clients, like if they don't believe that they're worthy of either charging what they want to charge, or they don't believe that like they can be so good at it, but if they doubt themselves around it and they price themselves as the same as maybe someone who does believe in themselves, it will feel weird because you can almost feel that energy from people when they don't feel comfortable charging for something or they're like trying, like they don't have strong boundaries around like they'll throw in all these extras because they don't really believe in the value of their product or service. So I find yeah. especially in abundance, it's like, when you don't feel worthy of it, you won't allow it in or you'll do things that almost actively push it away, like manifesting bills or spending lots of money on things or not having yeah. like good financial habits is kind of how I see it like show up around money. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess for people out there listening, they're like, okay, I have a goal that I want to make 5k or I want to make 10k like for a holiday or something like that. What would you say is a good kind of systematic way to go about it would you start with journaling what do you want um what are my limiting beliefs around this like what would be your process in order to work towards a monetary goal or a business goal if I've like ever decided that I want to manifest amount of money, like I sort of just like put it out there and be like, I really want this specific amount of money. But the thing that I've noticed that really makes it show up or not show up is like, how natural would it feel for that to come to you? If like all of a sudden someone was to be like, here's a hundred thousand dollars, would you be like, whoa, that feels really uncomfortable. Why are you giving that to me? That feels really weird. And yeah. it's like that whole familiarity thing that I sort of mentioned earlier, like how familiar it feels for you is like usually how quick you'll attract that thing. So Mm -hmm. if like, you're like, one of the fun ways I like to kind of start playing with this is like, I'll just sort of like, go out and be like, 
I expect abundance from the universe to come to me in random ways. And then it's like, you'll maybe find money on the sidewalk. And then like, when you find it, be as excited about that as if it was like a large amount of money. And I feel like that really helps you get into the feeling and the frequency of like receiving in money and being really excited about it because like Mm -hmm. gratitude Mm -hmm. and being excited about things is just such a magnet for more. And then over time you can sort of strengthen that and, for me, the biggest thing is, is like, you don't necessarily have to know exactly where that money will come from, but it really helps if you have portals that that money can come through. And that's either like a clear service or like services that are priced at a, a rate that makes sense for like the kind of amount that you want to attract in. And of course, it doesn't always have to come in a way that's like, quote unquote, realistic. But the more ways that you have for money to come to you, generally, the faster it's able to come to you, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different um, ways the universe can give you abundance. So it's having that trust in the universe and money does come in like the strangest ways. Like you just never know. So it's like, you know, leave the door open and it's surprising what the universe kind of comes up with. I wanted to touch on um, the word you used. You said expect, expect abundance from the universe. And that's a really interesting one because I remember when I first heard that I had issues even accepting that. I was like, expect. I was like, no, but I don't – it was like I couldn't fathom accepting abundance from the universe. I was so stuck in that mindset of like, no, I have to work for it. It can't just come to me. I have to work for it. So it's like, oh, my God, that's, I guess, stuff that you would work through in hypnotherapy, right? That's something that's deep and, like, subconscious, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, like, I have worked with clients around this specific belief that, like, oh, I have to work hard to make money. And it's, like, it's often something that came up in childhood of, like, you saw your parents having to work hard to make money or you'd see – you've internalized this story from other people, but it's, like, money – I mean, it comes from like the universe, but it comes through people. So it's kind of like when you can connect to that point of like going one step further of being like, oh, it doesn't necessarily come from like this person to me. It comes from like the universe to me and like all the other ways that it can come are just sort of like avenues that it can flow through. Yes. Amazing. I love that. Um, What are your tips on getting comfortable with being out of your comfort zone in order to progress forward? So I guess in relation to maybe starting your own business or you have this really creative idea that you want to get out there. um, Yeah, like you said, in order to do things that other people haven't done, you usually have to be in a bit of a zone that people haven't gone to before. So what are your tips on feeling comfortable? This is such a good question um, because – Two years ago, I decided to go back to dance class. And that was like super scary for me because I was like, oh, my God, what if everyone else is better than me? Like I haven't danced in years, like all the thoughts that go through your head when you want to try something new or different. And the thing that really came back to me is I was like, you have to be bad at something before you can be good. And Mm -hmm. the reality is everyone is bad at it at some point. So the faster that you're willing to be bad at things, the sooner you can be good at them. I love that. Yeah. not making it mean anything about you if you're bad at it like I think a lot of the time like if we're not confident or something we're like convinced everyone else is looking at us or everyone can see the mistake that we made but most of the time if you just kind of like especially in dance if you just like go through it and pretend that you did it right nobody else knows and I really think it's the same in everything else in life like I don't really like fake it till you make it but definitely like 
just be confident as you go through things and know that the more that you do something, the better you'll become. And there's just like, it kind of removes that pressure of being like, oh, what are other people going to think of me? And because the reality is, is like your comfort zone is always going to be stretched and it should be. But the thing that makes it easier is like when you believe in yourself and your ability to grow and expand and like get better at things as you do them and just know that like everybody was bad at it at some point. Like, Yeah, I love that advice. That's really, really, really good. And it's so true. Like even like, for example, starting this podcast like I remember the first thoughts that went through my head I was like oh no I'm gonna be so bad at it like oh my god this oh my god that and then you kind of think to yourself yeah it probably will be bad like the first couple times it's so true like and it comes down to having that self-compassion and I guess love for yourself where you're like ah, it's fine like it's it's still worth doing and I think you've got to also calculate what the cost is of not doing that 100%. like of not following your goals like you have to live with that I mean some people that feeling is stronger in others than it isn't than in some but yeah definitely um now I wanted to ask you when on the topic of following our dreams you know f- getting rid of our fears and moving forward do you have any tips on um separating what our fears are and what our intuition is this is a really interesting kind of topic because I think many people may struggle with this because yeah it can be hard to differentiate sometimes but once you know you know so what are your what are your tips yeah definitely I think the biggest thing is knowing that like your intuition is never going to sound like fear because fear is like oh what if that doesn't work out or like what if people laugh at me or like what if I mess up and those are definitely like more fear-based thoughts whereas intuition if something is a no it's usually just like not that or no like it's not it doesn't usually like spiral into those really negative feelings yes (laughs) so I think that's the biggest indicator but also like an exercise that I really like for just developing even like that yes or no response is like you just like kind of close your eyes like go within like get into your body do some deep breaths and then you just ask your body like show me yes and just really pay attention to like any little tingling or sensation or like usually it's like a feeling of almost expansiveness and then you'll be like okay well show me no and then usually it's kind of like a feeling of contraction or like everyone's different but once you sort of attune these things within yourself you can really easily kind of almost bypass all the chatter in your mind and just like ask your body be like is this a yes or is this a no and like the more you strengthen that trust muscle with your intuition, like the better guidance it will give you. Like it definitely is a process over time, but the more you do it, it's just so much easier to tell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to bring it back to like business and wanting to start things, a really good example of intuition. Intuition is usually quite sharp and concise and it's quick and fear you like mull over it for days (laughs) like yeah the spiraling that's why I laugh it's so true because if you have I'll give you an example of the podcast you're like yep I want to start a podcast and your intuition is like yes like your body lights up you're feeling good about it you're like yep 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 and then it's taking that time giving yourself that space to realize when did the no feelings come in and then what are those no feelings attached to and usually I think those no feelings are attached to I'm not worthy I'm not good enough um all of those I'm not enough kind of stories that we tell ourselves so um yeah that's really good advice to come in tune with yourself and just feel what your body's trying to 
trying to tell you. I love that. Um, overcoming jealousy and competitive competitiveness in business is something that I've been really excited to chat to you about. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, you know, I think it depends how grounded you feel in your day-to-day life, how much other people's moves affect you. Um, but what's your advice on how we can overcome jealousy and just stay in our lane and focus on what we are here to achieve? Yeah, I think with jealousy, like if I ever experience that, I think it's a really good way of telling what you want because like sometimes you're a little unclear, sometimes you're not sure. But when you see someone else who has it and you're like, no, I really want that. It's a really good like guidance system. Cause you can be like, okay, like what exactly is it that I, what am I jealous about? Like, is it mm-hmm. something in their personality? Is it something they have like so on and so forth. And then kind of like, like any feeling, like feel it and let it move through you. Because like when you kind of, when you try and repress feelings, obviously they just want to pop up more and more. But then also after that, just knowing that like everyone's journey is going to look different. And like what you were saying before, it's just like focus on competing with yourself because ultimately there's always going to be someone better than you. And there's always going to be someone behind you. And there's probably going to be lots of people around you as well. But if you're spending all your time looking at what they're doing and comparing your journey to their journey, it's like, you don't know how long they've been doing it. Maybe they've been working on it for 20 years and that's why it's where it is you just started like three weeks ago. So it's like, I don't think comparison is just, it's a big time suck suck and a big energy suck. And it's like, if you ever notice yourself kind of doing it, like I like to just be like, okay, well, like, that's awesome. I'm excited for them. And like, what am I doing next? Like always just bringing it back to yourself as selfish as that sounds, but really just focusing on like, what am I doing next? Or like, how am I going to grow what I'm working on? And just really just trying to be better than you were yesterday is kind of the best advice I think I could give. Yeah. And it's really good advice because I think when those feelings of jealousy and competitiveness come up, we tend to completely forget like every memory is like eradicated of anything we've ever achieved. Like all of a sudden we're just shit and we've achieved nothing. And if you, I find what's really helpful is like you said, like bringing that back to yourself and being like, okay, that's cool. Like that, that jealousy is an indicator that that's something that I want, but what else have I currently achieved? Like what have I done that maybe other people haven't done? And then I guess move forward from there because it can, I guess it comes back down to um, our self-worth because if you're giving all of your energy to other people's journeys, other people's stories and to be honest, who even knows what their stories are? You see like a snippet and you think you make up the rest of it. Like that's your mind. You've made up the rest of it. You kind of reflect what you, your own hopes and dreams onto them and you make it better than probably what it is. So um, yeah, I think comes back down to self-worth and figuring out, okay, how much energy do I want to expend on another person's life? And yeah. what someone else has achieved, and yeah, what can I do? What can, how can I level up my own life? Yeah, Definitely. love it. Become sort of like almost a lack mindset thing too, because it's like you thinking that they have it means that somehow you can't have it, and it's like yeah. once you look at everything with like there's enough pie for everyone, there's enough space at the table for everyone, like then it stops being like such a fearful experience. Cause I think sometimes we can be like, Oh, they have it. And that means I can't have it. But yes. once you start, they have it. And that means I can have it. And it's just going to come in the right way for me. Then it really changes how you feel about it. 
Yeah, that's another really good way to look at it, being like if when you see someone else have it, be happy because you know it exists and you know it can be done and then what makes it not possible for you to go out and go get exactly what has already been created. So that's a really good way to look at it as well. Um, Do you have any tips on how we can speed up the manifestation process? Like we've mentioned feeling grateful, we want to feel um gratitude we want to come into self and just recognize the negative thought patterns that are happening but um yeah do you have any specific techniques or practices that can assist with this yeah this is such a good question because I feel like sometimes with manifestation I'm definitely struggle with being patient like I'll be the first to admit that like as soon as I'm like I want that I want it now but I think what I've noticed over time is like, there's definitely been things where I didn't get them when I thought that I wanted them. And that was the best thing possible. So like a little, it's a little bit like acknowledging that like the universe has its own timing and like what is supposed to happen when it's going to happen is ultimately you sort of have to trust in something a bit beyond yourself. But then on the other side, if there is something that I'm trying to do to kind of like speed things up, a little faster is like, I will usually do some kind of subconscious work and be like, okay, like what's getting in the way of me taking action on this or like achieving this thing? Like, is there anything subconscious that's kind of blocking it? Because usually if it's something you've been working on for a long time and you're just not seeing that progress, there is some kind of a subconscious belief that your mind thinks that you not having that is ultimately better for you, even if that's not necessarily what you want. And Mm -hmm. then the other thing I really try and do is like, I just try and get into the vibe of having it. Like the only reason we really want to manifest anything is because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. And I'm like, well, I can start to feel that feeling right now. So it's like, what do I think that thing is going to make me feel? And how can I start experiencing those things right now? Mm Because there was this Abraham Hicks quote, actually, where they were talking about they're like, you're an eternal being. And the reality is most of what you want is not going to be finished yet because you're an eternal being. There's always going to be something that... So it's realizing like over there is not better than over here. It's like when you can fully learn to enjoy being here and being in the present moment, then like it doesn't matter how long it takes for the thing to come because you know it will come when it's supposed to come or something better will show up. Yes, absolutely. I think that Abraham Hicks quote is very, very on point of what we're trying to achieve because essentially you're always going to want stuff and once you realize that you're always going to want stuff you kind of relax in that you're kind of like oh it's okay because once I get that I'm going to want something else so that is a really powerful way of of being and that's something that has really helped me because if you're an entrepreneur usually you do have that mindset of like oh my god I'm just never gonna I'm never gonna and it's like no it doesn't matter even when you get to the top of where you think you want to be you're going to then come up with something else. So relaxing in that is um, is really powerful. I love that. That's really good advice. All right. So I guess on that note, to wrap it all up, I wanted to ask you what resources you have available for people to, um, you know, incorporate everything that we've spoken about today. Yeah, totally. So there's a couple ways that people can work with me. So I either obviously have like one to one hypnotherapy sessions, which are like, we go into like your personal issue, we work through that you get um, like a personalized hypnosis recording afterwards to listen to for 28 days, which really like locks in your new beliefs. 
And then I also have two um, evergreen courses that are available on my website. So I have seven days to self-worth, which walks you through like seven daily exercises. You don't have to do them in a week. Like you always have access to the course, but that's just kind of how I set it up. And it walks you through those exercises. And then there's also a self-paced RTT session in there. And people always are like, how does that work? Or like, is it going to work for me even though I'm doing it by myself? So basically all you have to do is like, headphones in, listen to it. It's about an hour. Basically, it's me prompting you through the same things that I would do with a client. But obviously, I can't be there discussing it with you. But it does still work to like, help give you a picture of like, where did these blocks come from? And it walks you through a process to release it. And like my past students have found it quite effective. So that's like a lower cost way to try it. If you're just curious about like what the work is like, or you're not ready to do like a session by yourself. And then the other one that I've got is money manifestation mastery, which teaches you like the basics of like how to build an abundant mindset. And it also has an RTT session for clearing out any money blocks as well. Oh my God. Amazing. That's awesome. So I will pop all of her links down below if anyone is wanting to give that a go. Um, That's a really good first step into it. And then obviously they can work with you privately. Do you work with clients privately in person or and online or just in person? No, I exclusively work online. And so sometimes people are like, how does that work? And it's actually, to me, it's almost better than going in person because you get to be in your own space. You can be like in your own bed or on your couch. And all you have to have is like a strong Wi-Fi connection and some headphones. And then we can just do the whole process over Zoom. That is awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. So many useful tips um, for entrepreneurs and people that are looking to, you know, create their dream life, manifest their dream amount of money. So I'm going to pop all of Kim's details down below. And if you're wanting to get in touch with her, um, definitely do so. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so fun. So good.